Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Radio Club DIICT. Uh, we are, uh, so Radio Club DIICT is basically just a bunch of enthusiasts. We are a group of uh, music jockeys and radio jockeys. And uh, we've been hosting interviews for uh, poems and podcasts and things like that. And today we are here with you to talk about the F word of the 21st century, which is feminism. And uh, joining with us today uh, is Professor Shweta Garg. She is a member of the faculty at DIICT. She holds a PhD in English from IIT Roorkee. She is interested in gender studies and performance studies, and she teaches courses such as language and literature, introduction to narratology, introduction to drama, and women's writing at DIICT. She's a creative writer and a visual artist, and she's been exploring narrative art for some time now, and she's exhibited her artworks at several art shows. And so it is with immense pleasure that I invite Shweta Ma'am with us here today. Uh, good evening, Ma'am. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. I mean, I'm just saying I'm not doing great. I miss college. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is everybody on campus at the moment. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, ma'am, I think before we begin, I think it's extremely important uh, that we define uh, the topic that we're talking about today, that is feminism. And I understand that uh, feminism has had a lot of definitions throughout its history. And, uh, and I think they're all overlapping, but nobody ever seems to have like a common, uh, this thing, uh, a common, you know, they say, say that this is it. Like, I think everybody has different meanings of feminism for them. And I think before we begin, uh, I would want you to tell us what it means for you. So, I mean, I like the fact that you call it the F word. And it is the F word, but it's more like an F bomb, you know, because it's, it's like, you know, do you hold that bomb or do you drop that bomb? Because it's uncomfortable either way. And not just for men. I mean, that's a different story, even for women. So uh, I come from a generation when we were younger, like, you know, much younger, it was cool to say I'm a feminist. And then I realized that, you know, when I was in college, one would be very apologetic, you know, and say very meekishly that, you know, I'm, I'm not a feminist. I believe everybody is equal and I don't hate men. So basically it was a plea for the outside world that like me, I'm, I'm not an angry person, you know, like me. So I, I understand that there are very conflicting ideas. And then the minute you talk about feminism, people want to talk about men haters. People want to talk about pseudo-feminist and, and, you know, like all sorts of issues. So that's why it's it's an F word, but it's also an F bomb. So you asked me, what does it mean for me? And what does it generally mean for people, right? So um, it actually means that you believe in a principle which espouses equality, equity, in different sexes. So we are not just saying that there are two sexes or, or two genders. We are saying that, okay, sexuality and gender, it's like a spectrum. And uh, men and women could be opposite end of that pole. But between that, there are a lot of things that is possible, right? So, so feminism is about understanding that, accepting that, believing that. But it's not just about sexuality. It's also about other kind of inequality which happens in the society. And feminists say that this is not okay. We are not okay with gender discrimination. We are not okay with, you know, discrimination based on sexuality, but we are also not okay with racial discrimination or with discrimination based on caste or any other identity matter. So 
to put a holistic view that is a feminist who believes in the principles of equity and equality so that's it yes ma'am i think there has been a lot of debate on the word itself and uh, at least recently i've seen a lot of people say things like you know if you're talking about equality so much like why why is why does the name have feminism like why is the name feminism why is it related to femininity why don't you say something like humanism ma'am would you like to say something about that like yeah you can call it humanism about? you can call it chocolate you can call it vanilla you know at the end of it what is it that you want to gain the fact is fem- we call it feminism because feminism is a political movement okay humanism had its own benefit it, its own time and period in the history of western philosophical thinking humanism was a thing okay but it's feminism which asked these uncomfortable issues so the biggest principle of humanism is universal goodness but the fact is that you believe in universal goodness but you don't really implement it feminists are those who go into the ground the grassroots and ask these questions that you know this is not available to us all these lofty principles that you're talking about is not really being implemented so it's the feminist who go and do actually that dirty work it's it's possible that earlier on when you look at the movement and and i tell that to people again and again that when you call yourself a feminist be aware it's a political stand it's it's not something about you know feeling good about yourself or feeling sexy about you know calling oneself a feminist it's a political stand so humanism is not about that it's feminism because they are the one to start it okay uh, earlier they were called the suffragettes because you know when you know the history of of women's revolution and and the, the day that we are talking about you know it's it's international women's day so the history of women's day itself is based on that that you know women in different countries in europe and in america mostly in russia they went on streets thousands of women lakhs of women asking for you know equal wage asking for right to you know um, earn money respectable income and right to vote that is right to be recognized as a citizen of this of their country respectively so that is the roots of feminism it always was political so we can't call it humanism or anything else if anybody else comes with a better term because you know terms also evolve we would follow that but you know it can't be humanism for instance right absolutely ma'am so i'm uh... revolving around the same uh, dispute there are people who would say things like okay like this is feminism so it's just a women's issue and you know like especially like if you're talking about uh, men they're going to say this is a women's issue and we have nothing to do with this you know it's your own problem you take care of it things like that ma'am what is your stand on that what is your stand on that what is anybody stand on that so when where do men come from like are they downloaded from torrent websites where, where do human beings come from they come from their mothers bodies <laughs> so all those who say that this is not our issue i do not know maybe they forgot where their origins are is what i would like to say very politely otherwise you know i'm not that polite so uh, every man is affected by how women live as simple as that so i am a mother of a son and my son is he will be 9 next month when I mean, you know just in in about next month so the rights which i want for a girl i want the same rights for my son you know for a boy so if if you know i would say that a, a woman should have a right to decide what she wants to do with life i want the same sort of rights for my son also so why should he not you know want to stay back home and look after his kids if he wants to for instance or why should he be a victim of toxic you know patriarchy or toxic masculinity and equate his success and worth of being a man 
is how much his paycheck is. So you understand. So, you know, the, the amount of money a man earns is amount of masculinity he earns in our country. So why do we do that? So, you know, when feminists are those who are supposed to question that and feminist men, if they are, you know, as I said, gang up with us, it's good for them. It's good for us. It's good for everybody. So it's harming them as much as it's harming us. Yeah. Right. Yes, I think uh, this is the whole discourse of uh, gendering of roles, even at home and elsewhere you see uh, dialogues at schools and especially uh, when you are seeing portrayal in the mainstream media, which is going to be influencing us so much. I mean, all we're always surrounded by everything. We're surrounded by advertisements, we're surrounded by movies and TV series. And it, I think it's extremely uh, necessary for uh, the, the mainstream media to depict uh, things in a proper way. And uh, instead, I've seen, I, I've seen many of these uh, portray just or propagate uh, the same stereotypes that we see at home. Uh, gendering of roles and uh, things like that. Ma'am, what do you have to say about that? The See, um, I like the so. fact that you ask, you have this belief that media should do so and so, right? So we are living in a time when we do not know what media should and should not do. At least they do not know what they should and should not do. Uh, but that then at the same time, uh, you know, I think we live in a very interesting time. We have media, which is like mainstream media, which is considered as, you know, fifth pillar of the democracy or fourth, depending on who speaks. But then we have independent media, we have internet. Uh, so, you know, we have social media, we have, you know, we have small independent uh, media houses, for instance. So I would also see that if there is a culture, there is also a very strong kind of counterculture. So there is toxic masculinity, you know, through objectification of women. Uh, then you also have a counterculture which questions it. And I, I believe that these little voices will very soon or, or perhaps, you know, one day would uh, become larger voices someday. So as, as far as the status quo concerned, right? Now, we, we all know, right? We all know that we learn the engendering, as you call it, happens because we are heavily influenced by what media shows us. So while growing up, uh, what role models did you have? So I'm talking about me, my my role. I didn't have a role model. So, you know, when, when we were young, we didn't have mobile phones like you guys did. So we would play, uh, we would do role play of Ramayan and uh, I would never get to be Ram because Ram has to be a guy. So I would be Sita and I'm like, I'm not like Sita. Okay, Sita, Sita doesn't, doesn't have much to do. And that was my impression of what Sita is. Obviously, that may not be true. So I, so the, the, the guy I would play with say that be Shurpanaka. And I said, you know, actually that Shurpanaka really has much more role to play. So you understand, we have such, we have, so we have either the angel of the house or we have the, the, the terrible, I don't want to use that word, who, who comes and does horrible things, you know. So you have the, you know, angel or the vamp in that case. So what role models did we have when we were growing up? So yes, I mean, so we we condition, we instill the same thing and we propagate it. We live that throughout our life. Absolutely, ma'am. And I think, uh, but there has been, uh, uh, I think I've seen uh, media also portray, uh, I, I think there are movies that are doing great job, especially uh, regional films. I think very recently we've had this uh, film called The Great Indian Kitchen. Uh, it's a Malayalam movie. And I think it has... Uh, it has brought up issues to the forefront. I, I think uh, I think you wrote an article about it as well on your blog, right? Recently, and there has been uh, other there have been other movies like uh, I think in Gujarat we had Hilaru uh, two years ago, and I, I think we've seen many such movies like that. I think recently even on Netflix 
Uh, maybe this is not much uh, in context with India, but mm-hmm. there is this new movie called Moxie, and I think uh, mm-hmm. there have been a lot of such movies that have made attempts to bring forth this issue mm-hmm. to the mass, you know, to the mainstream media, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so that it reaches the masses. And I think we would see a better version of this somewhere. Let's hope so. Unless Uh-oh. it becomes yeah. a token, you know. Unless you know, maybe watching Moxie yeah. is a fad thing to do, and it's a token of being. woke as well you know as you millennials call it yeah. so i do not know so it it's possible that you watch it you speak the lingo and then you are still like your your grandfather i don't know no i mean you know so it is possible <laughs> and and i see that happen a lot and then hence i'm saying so there was a time when i used to joke that uh, a guy telling that he's a feminist is is like the most successful pickup line when he's amongst women who call themselves feminists so uh, the point is that are you being tokenistic or not so i agree that films like these and you know it's perforation in the market a uh, pink for instance so for example you spoke about helaro i went to watch helaro and uh, you know so we went we were group of 10 women and interestingly enough the theater was almost full of women so so you understand so okay. so this is so it is a woman dominated movie and it is made for the consumption of women so so you also have for instance you know we have so what 10 15 years ago bridget jones was written maybe more i mean you know so and and then immediately the, the term which stuck was chiclet and in the minute you call it chiclet people thought okay it could be celebratory but no it was derogatory because uh, you know chick can never be celebratory so it doesn't matter that she was smart intelligent woman with her own insecurities as a modern woman what was important here that it was by a woman for women so it it's very easy to compartmentalize right, yeah. it isn't it mm. absolutely um, i agree um uh, so under the same discourse i think uh, in the beginning you mentioned uh, how feminism is about equality and equity and i think it's also important to distinguish between uh, the two equity and equality ma'am uh, would you like to throw light upon that yeah so ridhi i mean you know like most of you so you you've done the first year course with me so so you know it will be like we be preaching in the classroom but i think it's important that we unsays that again and again what is the difference between equality and equity so equality would be if if i talk to you in terms of you know stories or or symbols so you can't have a fish and a monkey give a same test because they have different kinds of capacities and different kinds of limitation equity would mean creating a system where inequalities as well as privileges are considered and and then hence you know uh, systems are equitable which means that everybody regardless of where they come from have fair chances or uh, for opportunities so that is the difference so equality is more like a mathematical term to say that okay are men and women equal so why should women get maternity leave you know so so earlier on in my career uh, many friends would ask me so why how do you how do you justify maternity leave so of course i justify maternity leave because women are the one to bear children right so so because we are the one to bear children there is unequal load on us and hence we deserve and we demand uh maternal you know uh, paid maternity leave not just maternity leave i mean what happens in most of our sectors is maternity leave is actually a break from work and which is most of the time unpaid so he, so hence this or or for instance why a different washroom for for women you know in workplace for instance well safety sanity security etc etc why should there be reservation in metros aise to kehte hain ki equal hai na to metro mein aapko seat kyon chahiye i may have my periods that day 
you know i mean so it's it's not that we are brandishing the fact that we are weak we we are saying that there are days where we can be more vulnerable than you but at the same time if you are vulnerable that doesn't mean you don't you you are not part of the picture but the fact is that you know equity is a system which identifies vulnerability in particular groups so so hence equity is more important than equality right uh ma'am you mentioned vulnerability and how say women would be more vulnerable on some days perhaps uh ma'am so i think uh, around the same ideas uh, lies toxic masculinity where uh, it's like if if say a man was to be more vulnerable than a woman at some point in time they wouldn't express it or they would be hesitant in showing it uh, because of the whole you know the trope of uh, i don't know mard ko dard nahi hota hai and all of that you know boys don't cry and things like that ma'am what do you have to say to that i mean it's it's as toxic as it is perpetuated it's perpetuated all the time and, and and even though you know i would say that there are woke parents and who want to kind of bring about very very post millennial kids even then this is like the direct thing that they want to say that the minute a male child a boy is um given to feelings expressing feelings there is a lot of discomfort that parents feel towards that and uh, you know these were the sides which i was not aware before i mothered a son and and now that he's growing up i also understand for, for instance you know a child may like pink a child may like lavender but you know you you let him wear it and he might be bullied he comes back and tells you that you know i'm not supposed to wear pink because my friends laugh so what do you do as a mother you say that they are you know so, so those those kids don't know what they're talking about or you want to well attend to what your child feels so uh i would say that there is no age limit when you can initiate these conversations with children and i'm sorry like i i it feels like i'm doing a parenting seminar but i when i think of it i realize that uh most of the conditioning happens in the first 5 6 7 years of one's life lifetime you know so what it means to be a girl what it means to be a wife what it means to be a mother what it means to be a man a father a working person these ideas are ingrained in people's brain in children's brain and we operate as i said throughout our life based on these so uh, what does toxic masculinity do it perpetuates itself and even when you believe in something at some point of time it also is very difficult to stand by it because sometimes it's just you know everybody versus you alone you are the sore thumb and you know so so would you want to be that person is 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 another is another question you ask yourself <laughs> right absolutely ma'am that is that is so true uh ma'am you also also mentioned about uh, maternity leaves and i think uh, very recently we've seen a lot of uh, organizations even grant uh, paternity leaves right so uh, you know or parental leaves as they say or, you know you don't want to gender that as well ma'am i think uh, in india also do you think like we would see that happening more in india as we progress say in the next 5 years or so you know it's surprising that when you compare it with america you know in in that sense at least in organized let me repeat you know organized organized some you know government sectors as well as mncs some mncs so uh, i know of institutes i would not name these are ngos which work for women's health women's empowerment i know of many such who have fired their employees or given them a choice that you either leave or we hold your job till you are ready to you know uh, come back after your baby is 3 4 months old because they say we don't have the fund so 
you know, it's it's not it's economics, but then it's political economy of you know gender. That how much are you willing to put it? How much are you willing to you know spend as an organization? And and once you think that you can do away with it, because if you you know fire one woman, there'll be twenty women wanting to have that same job. When you have that privilege, maybe you won't care. Unless there is an external force, for instance, you know, government sort of mandates it, and the fact is, government would not mandate it or does not mandate it yet. Not in a for for example, you know, you can fire your maid in a day's notice, right? So, so whosoever has heard of maternity leave for your maid, or even during the COVID time, there was so much discussion about oh, maid nahi aare hai, isliye my husband is cooking, maid nahi aare hai, isliye my dad is doing the dishes. Fantastic. Uh, what is the maid doing? Are you paying the maid? How is she eating? You know, how is she surviving? Are you worried about that? You're not. You know, as 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 a society, we are <laughs> we can be um, you know pretty immune to these <laughs> questions. We can um, yeah, we we don't want to answer certain questions. Right, ma'am. I think that is also especially the case when you're speaking from a place of privilege. You're going to ignore some some certain questions. You know, you say you're speaking from a place of privilege financially, or uh, say you're a man who is speaking. Uh, I mean, it's it's always like if you if you have certain privileges, I think it's very important to uh, acknowledge the fact that you were maybe say born with such a privilege. You know, from mm-hmm. since the day you were born, you had. This this privilege just because you were born of a particular gender, so I think uh once people just acknowledge that maybe you know that there is this particular gap or this particular you know distinction between the two genders that is say cultural for now like you know I think that is an extremely important step even in just identifying that there is a problem in this whole thing. And uh, ma'am, I think uh, just now we were talking about uh, how you know uh, there is not equal. So you you don't get paternity leave, or like how do you justify that? I think along the same discourse, you're going to have uh, many organizations even pay women less. You know the uh, wage gap, uh, and they pay women less, saying things like you know they're not going to be equally uh, committed to the job as their male counterpart, for instance. Or that you you know uh, when maybe if if, if uh, a woman were to have a child, they will be deemed as less responsible or less dedicated to, dedicated to the job, whereas their male counterparts are considered as more responsible for the same particular job because they now have a child. Ma'am, uh, what do you think uh, about this particular stereotype? I mean, is it is it just a stereotype or is it actually like what do you think the organizations are thinking? What do you think? Are these just stereotypes, Riddhi? So, if a woman has a child and if she wants to go back to workplace, why won't she be considered uh, as efficient as she was earlier? Why do you think she was? <laughs> Ma'am, honestly, I feel like she'd be more efficient because she's taking mm-hmm. care of a child, like a practically, like practically taking care of a human being, and you know, she's taking care of a like she's raising a child. So, I mean, I don't understand mm-hmm. why. Should be deemed less responsible so or less dedicated. Be, um, see, when you so I mean I'm I'm telling you like firsthand experience here. So uh, and this 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 is not a generalized sort of because experiences are different, right, for everybody. So uh, talking about that particular point of of uh, how come? So there are many studies which have been done, and this is this is from Harvard Business School plus many other top business schools which have done these studies. Which, for example, one is likability test. Test. So there are case studies where uh, there is a male can. Candidate and a female candidate, and students are divided into two groups. They are supposed to give marks based on how much they believe in that candidate. So invariably, 
all the parameters are same. The names are different. Basically, the genders are different. Uh, dependability or likability index for the woman is invariably less. And this experiment has been replicated. So for some reason, they would say that she would, they would trust her less as a boss, or they would trust her less during crisis solution or conflict resolution, etc. You know, so, uh, so, so, and, and these are a mixed lot. It's not like these are all bunch of men making these decisions. These are group, you know, group of men and women both. So, so that that's one point. Other point is when women come back to workforce after having a child. So one thing is, it's like, burning candles from both ends that does not and, and i'm saying that this is this is not a universal experience this is a subjective experience so when you have a little child at home and when you absolutely have no support at home it is possible that you may not be as efficient as you want to be okay and and as i, I mean i'm repeating again it's a subjective experience and what you said is also true that maybe because there is a child at question the woman would learn newer ways to manage time that's also possible maybe she already does that but physically she is in a terrible state and stoicity mentally that's that's something which i believe must be true so uh what then what is uh, you know what do you call as corporate responsibility uh, we, we because these days csr is such a cool word isn't it corporate social responsibility because you know what is corporate social responsibility we do photo ops with underprivileged people or we do you know whatever things that look cute on social media but this is also csr taking care of your well, men and women taking care of young parents who join back workforce or who are negotiating workforce and home. Uh, but are we ready to put in that much effort? So, so that's the one thing is feminists, true blood feminists are always considered or are always sort of, you know, pointed out as being socialist or, or communist or definitely anti-capitalist, right? So these are slightly different terms. And, and that's exactly my argument is because uh, corporates are exactly that they want to think of human beings as resources. And, and when people say that you're resources, I, I don't feel happy about it i feel like as if i'm i'm something you know they they are going to dig out and you know produce into little batches and send away um, you are you know something that they derive work from you so a workhorse and if you are not good to your, their expectation, they fire you. So we, we all know what the culture is like. So that does not mean that I'm sort of, you know, uh, making you, going you, um, asking you not to join corporate life. I think that's that's what everybody dreams of when they join the IICT. They think, you know, uh, great. Uh, uh, well, this is this is going on YouTube live. So I should be careful what I say. So yes, I mean, great placement, spectacular, fantastic. But you also realize that what you're giving in return is is this. That are they going to, if you're a woman in particular, are they going to take care of you when you need them to take care of you? So do we have that human element in there? Right. And I think this is where equity comes in as well. Uh, so like if uh, not just like a woman, even if a young parent is trying to join the workforce back, they should at least have some sort of a consideration as to, you know, even if they're a little, little bit less efficient, they should be given, you know, the I don't know, the gradual ramp with which they would require to come up and be as efficient as they used to be. I think that is extremely important. So remember that when you guys become bosses. Remember that when you guys become bosses. And remember to demand <laughs> that when you're working. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, ma'am. That is that is definitely very true. Uh, that's along the same discourse. Uh, since you belong from academia, uh, what do you have to say about the representation of women in academia and research? Would you look at our faculty profile and you tell me? So I counted. There were yeah, it's, uh, 
but but again, you know, so one would say that this is a science technology, you know, sort of it's it's a science technology based university, so you have lesser representation there. But then, if you look at it, it's it's possible that different, you know, areas have different, you know, uh, gender ratios as such. But it, it's not like everything is rosy and hunky dory in academia. So we do find there is. Uh, and, and there are different kinds of studies done over it that it's it's not equitable or or uh, the numbers doesn't match and it which is surprising about academia so one would expect it to happen because here are where people are asking these tough questions but um, at the end of it I believe we are all these are institutes which are man-made you know I mean man-made in the sense genetically it's a human-made institute with the kind of societal prejudices liabilities. Uh, expectations which from you know borrowed from societies so even if we want to believe that we are holier than thou or we are in our own ivory tower away from society that's that's not true we we have same kind of prejudices uh, same kind of inequalities right absolutely ma'am uh, ma'am so uh, i'm going to ask you uh, what are your thoughts on uh, pseudo feminism i think uh, these days we see a lot of people you know saying things like, oh, you're a fake feminist. You're just saying this for the sake of saying it. And uh, especially very recently, we saw that uh, Mintra had to change its logo because uh, uh, I think somebody filed a complaint saying, you know, they find it derogatory to women. And there was a whole conversation about it. And what, what is your take on that? I mean, I don't want to take, I mean, I don't want to have a take on Mintra because that's between Mintra and the person who found it, you know, objectionable. One would sort of also bring to attention the Amazon logo makeover that just happened because somebody decided that yeah. he looks like Hitler, Hitler's facial feature. And I, I dabble in visual art and I could say that one could subjective, you know, create any uh, impression one wants to create because, uh, well, the, there, there is this whole uh, lens with which you're looking at something. But this whole discourse of pseudo-feminist, I find it extremely amusing. So when you call somebody pseudo-feminist, in your head, you believe that there is something called an authentic feminist. And I really want to ask that person that can you list down properties of what an authentic feminist means? Because I cannot, for instance, feminism never meant one thing at, some, at any point of time. It meant different things for different people. It still means different things for different people. Okay, so there are Arab Arab countries when people would say that we are fighting male gaze through you know hijab. Okay, and and there are there are people in in for, for example our metropolis there where you know young women would say that we are wearing skirts and we want the freedom to show our legs and hence we are feminist. So I'm not berating or belittling any of these ideas. I'm saying that feminism means different things for different people. For some people, it is about, you know, uh, be, getting access to money and everything so that they get to be beautiful, you know, in, 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 in conventional. For others, it is questioning the notion of that capitalized idea of beauty. So there are always different notions. So I could not question a, a woman who is heavily makeup or, or who chooses to do plastic surgery of, of, because at the end of it, it is her choice then choice itself is like Pandora's box. It is it is much more complex. And perhaps for that, we need another session. But yes, for pseudo-feminism, coming back to that, so even, even when we talk about laws, you know, for instance, rape laws or, or, you know, the entire outburst of Me Too movement of that, you know, how easy it is for any wayward woman or a crazy young woman to cast aspersion on austere, serious men of our country, you know, kya ho ye ko? So, uh, but the fact is here, you know, uh, how these laws are misused is a great concern of the entire country. These laws based on uh, rape, sexuality, even, even domestic 
harassment, you know, so uh, domestic violence or or dowry. So misuse is a big problem. So my question is, there are all gamut of laws in the country. Why are we never bothered about, you know, these laws getting misused? So why are we always worried about pseudo-feminists? Because there are all kinds of pseudo, you know, what are you? Are you a pseudo-male or are you a pseudo-Hindu? Are you a pseudo Banya? I mean, where do you draw the line? What what is so why why do we want to discredit somebody? So when when you bring in pseudo, you understand that the person is only trying to discredit you by giving you that label. And uh, uh, I, I think that 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 objection doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Absolutely, ma'am. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, ma'am, so along the same lines, uh, I think uh, uh, Radio Club recently circulated a form uh, where we asked questions about uh, gender bias. Uh, and uh, things as such and uh, you know we ask people to share their experiences and uh, we have a few responses from there uh, i'd like to read them out to you could you uh, and these are uh, people from DIICT and these are people on campus and these are all anonymous uh, responses and i think uh, i find some of them very amusing uh, so the first one that i came across uh, was that, uh, you know, being a girl, I was denied to stand up for the BTEC test committee because I would not be able to handle pressure and won't be able to talk or negotiate with vendors. Uh, and I think this is very sad uh, thinking that, you know, something like that would happen on our campus. And uh, I think people don't talk about this at all. And interviews have always been like, we don't really talk about what goes on in the interviews and things like that. And I think it's extremely like now what do you think about this like um, I'm, I'm surprised that you don't talk about it because i am not part of your student community i i Absolutely. see that happen all the time right and maybe it's easy for me to see it and i'm not saying that this is particular of di city this is particular to um if i may call it like you know mainstream technological institutes it is it is true of largely that because uh, um because you know technology is is primarily for men Right, because women are not supposed to study technology. You know, if if they are very good, they may do BA in arts and be a nice trophy wife and you know hold nice uh, high tea uh, for for for. You know. So you understand where it is coming from. The bias comes from there. So uh, first of all, you're not even supposed to be here. You are here. We give you a hostel to stay, and it's a very tiny hostel, by the way, if you look at it. And out of hundred students, I mean, I did the math this time. So we did it in the class. So one student and a couple of students worked it out. They say eleven percent in this batch, in particular, in this particular batch, the first year batch, eleven percent are girls, right? So uh, and, and that's generally twelve, thirteen percent. That's about it. it. Doesn't go higher than that. So you're not even supposed to be here. And then you want to be part of everything? Are you nuts or what? So a few years ago, a student of mine who was passed out, by the way, she was part of your press club. And she had a very good chance to meet the founding members of the press club. And she was extremely excited. She was with other guys. But she was, I believe, the person, the chief person who was carrying the interview. And she came back. She told me, ma'am, I can't believe, oh my God, I'm going live right now. So she was disturbed by some of the assumptions that these guys have because they kept on complimenting her that, I can't believe that a girl is in press club now. You know, that's such a big deal. <laughs> she said, so she, she found that attitude sort of condescending. So uh, hence, hence I'm saying, so, so they come from, I mean, so generally I believe that most of the batch believes that uh, women are here because of uh, A, reservation, B, good luck, and, and they get better marks because they're rote learners. 
obviously because you know technically women are never going to make it most of you are rote learners most of you are here because of reservation of some form or other most of you get better grades because uh, professors obviously you know are are partial towards you guys so that's that's an argument as old as universities you know since the time women are allowed in universities we we heard these stories and particularly in uh, science and engineering much more than you know so by the time i i came in my college we had we i believe we had a thriving number of girls in the class and i believe boys were in minority so we never sort of had that problem but uh, particularly in in um, you know stem subjects it's still the case so you are second grade citizens and uh, you better accept it really stop fighting stop stop this podcast right now <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that is that is yeah i think i've seen that a lot even on campus i think but people do not i don't know people just don't make conversations around it as much because of course there are much more important things to talk about i mean is this even a real problem is what like some some people just say that you know it's like reservation in jobs is such a big problem right so i mean time and yeah, time again yeah. uh, boy i like you know this is so unfair ma'am you know why do some companies take more women and and they have a quota to fill and that's so unfair to us that's so unfair to the idea of equality you know but then i bring in equity and and then what happens yeah. to the whole complaint uh, but then even then they think that this is unfair this is absolutely unfair and you know what uh you spoke about you know like sometime ago you spoke about privilege you said that you know we need to be aware of our privilege the people are aware of their privilege but you know as a result you have entitlement so and and when you point that out it's a very painful conversation when you point out and and not just men i mean women men women so we all are entitled you know based on and and that's exactly why people said that you can't just uh, have very uh, you know binary sort of you know conversation about it so then there is this whole idea of intersectionality that there are different areas different through which you and your experiences uh, come out in life so it could be for instance in talk, talking about india there is there is class you can be uh, you can be you know economically very affluent and and if if you are a woman and 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 suppose you are a dalit then what happens or if you are a uh, handicap or you know like physically challenged or you are uh, non affluent then what happens so based on these combinations of what we call as the lottery of life at the end of it it's a lottery isn't it we we don't we don't really realize that it is a lottery so if if life has been fair in in more than one respects to you you'll have a very different experience and and if it has not in more than many uh, you know categories then it's going to be a very different story for you and education is supposed to make you aware of your privileges it's possible that you may have struggled in certain areas it's also possible that you may not have struggled in certain areas so if if men have struggled because of something or something else they have not struggled because they are women okay so if you are a woman with, who comes from a moneyed class you may struggle in a different aspect so uh every story is unique that's one thing so what education should really do is impart that one knowledge that everyone has a story everyone has a different baggage and one can only be a little empathetic you know so um i believe that in one of our group chat uh, i think one of you i don't remember the student so he said okay so is that all to be nice is is that what we can do um it's such a counterintuitive idea right so i'm i'm saying yes let's begin by that is it too much to ask is it is it uh, nice is 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 not even a word i like but i would say let's begin by being empaths does that kill us let's let's imagine how does it feel to live certain people's life different persons life and then you realize how perspective changes then you question your privilege instead of you know sitting on the high horse of entitlement 
I deserve the job in Amazon. She doesn't. That's entitlement. Okay. And then they know they are, they're pretty aware of their privilege. That's exactly why they're talking like that. So getting aware <laughs> of the privilege. Yes. But then the next step is to be aware what it means. You know. Absolutely, ma'am. That is, yes, that is very true. Um, and so another uh, response that we had was, uh, men can be sexually harassed too. It should be taken seriously. One of my friends shared a story about how he was sexually harassed in a train. Instead of being supportive, people made fun of him. Men are considered automatically guilty when women register a complaint and suicide rate is much higher in men because of such issues. Yes. I mean, I'm so glad you bought this. So, um, I mean, this is a survey which was done long ago. It said that one in three children, like one out of three, in, according to that survey, one out of three individuals, individuals, this is regardless of the gender, have been molested as children, have been sexually abused as children. The rate is is that high. And suddenly you realize that you're not that special, you know. So the chances in, in and this is India, this is, this is India we're talking about. So uh, chances are that you were molested regardless, I mean, regardless of the fact that, and it's also possible that, you know, with women, perhaps parents are slightly more careful, you know, with, with, with male children, they are not because they think, you know, ye to ladka hai, but it, it doesn't happen like that. Men, boys are vulnerable. They can be sexually harassed. They can be sexually abused. They can be raped. All right. So, uh, I mean, I, I I don't understand why would anybody be shocked at the idea, but uh, that's exactly what patriarchy does. This idea that a man, a man and his body is invincible. You know, you, you brought this up, right? So that creature could not be abused because being abused is a sign of vulnerability. Being vulnerable is feminine attribute. Masculinity is only about, you know, um, becoming a hard person, a, a strong person, and, and a strong person cannot have these weak chinks. And hence, you can't really share, what is this issue with men can't, you know, or are not able to share their feelings? I mean, don't you think that's a problem as a human being, as children? You know, like, do, do male children cry less than female children? It, it's not that, right? So at what point of time do we decide that men are supposed to repress their feelings, their emotions? When are they so? And, and since that time, I do not know. I believe it's that series of repression that make men's depression is not really spoken about. And, and I know so many men around me, they are depressed, but nobody talks about that. Women's depression is spoken about and we speak about, you know, women and their hormones, men and their hormones are not spoken about. So uh, why, why aren't we doing a disservice to, I mean, isn't patriarchy doing a disservice to its own, you know, proponents in a way? So uh, that's 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 exactly why we say that it is toxic, you know, it, it's not good for anybody. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. That is there. Uh, ma'am, so another uh, response that we got uh, is that a lot of the time, the people who discriminate don't even realize that they are partaking in these activities. It comes off as natural to them. Yeah. What is natural? You are in water and you're a fish in your water and you don't know what water is. You are in this layer of oxygen and you do not know air because you don't really see air. You're part of it. So you become, you naturalize it, you normalize it, right? So when you normalize something, you can't see it. What They develop what is called as blind spot. We all do, right? We all have our own cultural, you know, uh, belt. Well, like idiosyncrasies as, as, and only I, outsiders can see that. So yes, it is, when they discriminate, it is natural. When they're condescending, it is natural. 
uh, or, or you know sometimes it it's 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 people don't even think they're sexist when they say things like i'm so proud of you riddhi you're like my son okay so uh, you you may have heard this and you may have heard this from people who are very proud of you and uh, you may not have been comfortable hearing this because you are like you know why do you need to be a son to be um, or or when a boy is taking care of so the moms i've heard moms say that this one is like my daughter because i really wanted a girl but i didn't get a girl so this one is like my daughter that's why he takes such care of me so so you understand you engender caring human beings are supposed to care for each other a son can care for his mother a husband can care for his wife so why is it or, or you know when children go to the father and say i want to go to the toilet um, it will be women around who who look at each other and smile that you know oh he's the mom right so uh, you know like <laughs> amazing so i when when so it's it's like i have opened this whole new world after becoming a mother that i realized that how uh, how it's it's everywhere it's absolutely everywhere these little things that we tell these platitudes that we use uh, we, we are not aware of it right yes ma'am so uh, another response that we got uh, rather discreet it says um, physically strong uh, safety and no periods and how safety is considered a privilege these are all uh, attributes of a man I, oh wait i think this is a, a response to the question that you know what are some uh, advantages of your gender and i think this is a, a male writing this so these are some of the advantages that she thinks are you know attributed to his gender now what do you have to say about you know uh him considering not having to go through menstruation as an advantage and how like how would you feel like as a woman you know <laughs> so when i was in school um um i mean somebody i think no this was my sister's friend okay my sister's friend she told my sister that uh, when and and this is i don't know why they were this was the age when people kids were talking about that so she was my sister was told that you are a woman and you menstruate because you did something terrible in your past life so when you do when men do terrible things in their past life they are reborn as women and as a punishment you menstruate every month and you have this whole um hellish experience of childbirth and and she came back you know sad and angry you know so and the point is you know i didn't know what to tell her because part of me really believed that it could be true because it's it's definitely some parts are not very pleasant and then the extreme opposite where you know for for instance today i receive a lot of uh, you know women's day messages and most of these said oh you know nari tu bhagwan ki murat hai ya something something you're a part of nature etc and i'm like okay so you know either we are punishment for bad karma or we are uh, you know idol of divinity because there can't be anything in between it's it's a mixed bag isn't it so yes it's it's great that a man doesn't means to wait which is fantastic you know but then what can he do to people who menstruate around him that's a good question so yes a uh, great you won the lottery i mean in terms of you know social lottery ki tum aadmi biological lottery pa i don't know is it is it better to does it feel better to be a man uh, many women say that you know particularly today like i've i've been reading a lot they say i'm so proud to be a woman 
I don't know. I mean, can I can I say that? Am I so proud to be? A, what does that even mean? Did I have a choice? <laughs> None of us did. We <laughs> accepted, you know. So I mean, it's it's okay if you have questions, obviously. But well, I, I mean, cisgenders. I I didn't have a choice, etc. So uh, so I can I say I'm proud. I'm proud to be the person I am right now. Yes, I'm proud that I'm a feminist. Am I proud to be a woman? There are times when I'm you know disgusted by what's happening. I'm I'm extremely uh, miffed at the hormonal cycles that happens. You know, sometimes I'm in a different mood. Sometimes I'm in a terrible mood. So I'm like, why, why, why do I have these hormone cycles? So, uh, yes. So, so as a man, you don't have it, but there are other issues, right? What do you do to people who are suffering through that? Sometimes we, we don't. It's not like we are martyr saints. There are days when we are perfectly fine. So, what, what are you going to do about it? Is a good question, I believe. So, yes, you won the lottery. What do you do about it? Yes, ma'am. They can be smug. They can be, they can be like smug. They can sit tight and say, "Huh, okay, okay." You know, I don't care. I won the lottery. <laughs> 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 That's all, ma'am. That that is what I was saying initially as well. You know, this is a woman's issue. Like, why do I care? It's not my problem. Like, I, you know, it doesn't affect me at all. Like, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Now, on the other side of this, we had. Uh, a female uh, saying that an advantage of you know her being or her gender is that uh, she has the ability to give birth mm-hmm. it was yeah. right on like the other end of the spectrum mm-hmm. saying you know I, it's an advantage for me that i menstruate and here is a you know male saying it's yes. an advantage for me that yes. i don't menstruate absolutely know? absolutely and and you know people who i mean yeah see that that's the whole thing you know motherhood has always been a very tricky issue with vis-a-vis feminist right so they they were definitely in, i'm talking about the second wave 50s 60s when uh, a, a whole bunch would say that motherhood defeats the whole purpose and and then there were others who sort of upheld motherhood and and said that motherhood could be liberating to another say look at the social scenario motherhood can't be liberating because at the end of it whose responsibility it is and then they would say okay we need to delink biological motherhood and then you know socially bringing up the child but it doesn't really delink in in any in, in our culture in the given circumstances so um uh, so motherhood could be extremely liberating the fact that you can create life out of your body it is magic it is absolutely magical uh, but what leads to that and then what happens later it it doesn't it's it's not cute and nice as they usually show in media in in you know culturally and then i, I can i can say that um, i I can, i can say that because uh, many people when when going through aftermath of birth they have these questions that why am i feeling horrible you feeling horrible because many a times hormone kicks you into that bad place so people are sort of celebrating the new child and you are like i just i just want to be in a deep dark hole and not see anybody's face very normal right so uh, so yes i mean I, i would say that great that your friend the one who responded that it, it is perfectly all right to think that it's perfectly all right if she feels differently it's perfectly all right if she still feels it when the time comes so um it is like magic okay but it's it's a mixed bag as i would say it is it, it has its own disadvantages and we all know that and and it's it's magical also yeah it could be both things <laughs> right so um another uh, response that we got was uh, not actually gender discrimination but if i were a guy i wouldn't be going through this context i am a girl of age 22 2016 batch Since lockdown started last year, I left Bangalore and started working from home. So currently, I am living with my parents, and I am expected to do certain things around the house. 
which take up a lot of energy and leave me feeling tired, which also affects my work. The guys I work with only come out of their rooms for lunches and dinners. Hence, their productivity isn't affected much, whereas I need to do several things around the house in addition to being available for any extra help that might be needed. Yeah, unequal distribution of work. It's an old story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what, what do you say that? See, even now, I, I, I do realize that even for students, and, and these are students who are at, so this woman, this, this student of yours is obviously an intern, perhaps, right? Or, or perhaps she's working. But there are many students who I know that are juggling with house, uh, household work and with, uh, uh, by the way, so I had these, uh, you know, intimate group discussions with students in the evening because I wanted to know them because in, because it was an online batch. So I uh, remember a discussion with one one boy, like a male male student, and he said that it was extremely difficult for him to do anything productive in the semester because his mom was unwell and there was nobody else to take care. So he was doing everything. So there are these exceptional circumstances also. And you also, I mean, it's, it's also possible, you know, so when I was growing up, uh, I don't know if you know this or not really. So we are three sisters. So like I'm the eldest and uh, uh, our family is pretty much orthodox. So uh, we're three, I'm the eldest. So the, according to plan, I should have been married by 18 and, you know, so on. So uh, because that's what happens when you're eldest of the three. So but but, you know, at the same time, my parents were those who were who dared to be different. And I, I now understand uh, what a big thing it was then, you know, so uh, they would never. So we didn't have any chores to do. So uh, good thing is we could study. Bad thing is we were terribly entitled, like extremely entitled. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, so which which also meant that then my mother had to bear the burden. You understand that. So domestic work is 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 such a big issue, and and we really don't have a solution for it. The only solution is that men need to be equal participants in it. All members of the house need to be all adult members of the house, even even children to certain very you know whatever extent degree need to be equal participants of the household. Or or we you know unduly use the cheap labor that India provides. Don't we? We we survive because of that. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, ma'am, I think now we'll take up some questions from the audience. We I see we have a few uh, things uh, in the chat. Um, so, uh, okay, this is okay. So somebody is saying, you know, recently a Supreme Court judge said, no matter how brutal. The husband is can interpose between a married couple be called as rape. Ma'am, would you like to weigh in? Is the question. No, what I would like to say would not be part of polite conversation with you. So to this, you know. So I've written something about it, it and I feel very strongly about it because it's and this is the supreme and it's it's I I would have been okay with it or anybody would have been okay with it if it's it's somebody talking somewhere, which is, you know, internet throws up all kind of junk. The person who spoke this was the sitting Chief Justice of India. So when when this person, who's supposed to be the epitome of, of justice, says that, where do you run? You know, where do you seek shelter? So I, I don't even know how to begin to respond to this. And, I, and you know, the, the saddest part is, and this is something which I was discussing with my professors also, that ever since I was young enough to understand what rape means, you know, I uh, I have heard these judgments. I've heard these judgments from, you know, family court, district court, high court, special court, where, where judges would say things like these, where judges would say, will you marry the victim or ask the victim, will you marry the rapist? Agar tum karti ho, usko chhod so I've been hearing that, okay. And, and when in 2012, uh, that I think that was the first time in my lifetime something that 
something in that scale happened people were in the streets women were in the street men were in the street wanting better speedy justice for women and and you know then you look at it nothing changes nothing changes institutionally structurally nothing changes so it's okay to have these laws and and you know i always say that devil is in the detail law is how you implement it and and when you know and and even this you know when pe- people say this all the time that oh law is for women in this country ye desh mein to sirf auraton ke liye kanoon bana hai if you actually go to the court houses you are dealing with men like these you you're dealing with lawyers like these you're dealing with entire system which not only internalizes but it propagates you know i don't know misogyny this is misogyny this is this is this is heights of misogyny is is what i could say yes ma'am yeah. ma'am so we have another question uh, ma'am could you please explain the difference between equality and equity again if possible yeah or or when i could forward you a video because it has visual you know so that that would be better but yes i mean to kind of explain it to you when there is equitable circumstances a privileged person could be asked to give away his privilege okay so that he comes you know that that does not mean that you reduce you reducing somebody's stature that only means that the person who needs it would get that privilege and you would not get extra privilege because you're already privileged that's what equity system means so there wouldn't be any fee waiver if you belong to a rich family you understand you get scholarship only when you deserve scholarship is an example so scholarship is not it's not equality right scholarship is is actually not about equality scholarship is so in that sense it's an equitable system or at least it wants to be an equitable system where only those who need money get it so i don't, does that does that make sense uh i think so ma'am uh ma'am uh, another question that we have is uh so i was part of a very abusive relationship a year ago I was willing to share my feelings with my friends but they had already sided with the other half because she was a girl and thus for them it implied that she won't do any such things ma'am what is your take on this It's this it's the same kind of scenario where you don't believe that a guy could be abused you can't believe that a boy can be molested or a man can be raped it's like you in your head victim looks like her victimizer looks like a he so if you want to look at so you know we look we we started actually this is professor benita desai and i so we read the guidelines the, the you know the guidelines which ugc follows which is the gender and sexual uh, sexual harassment act so we read it through and this is something which is upheld by ugc and throughout that document you have very very gendered language it is he and she if he does that she could ask the women sell to help her blah 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 so it was so stark and abilita and i we both sort of you know decided that for biict we will have a gender neutral language this will not do and this is something which we you know repeat and we insist that uh, just because you are a he it doesn't mean that you cannot be abused just because you are a she doesn't mean that you are you understand so uh, well this is another example of equity isn't it yes ma'am absolutely i i think that that makes it much more clear the equity and quality difference um yeah okay we have one more question okay so somebody is asked on the live stream where would be the best place to start a dialogue with regard to feminism within a familial setting or an educational one try doing it in your familiar setting and then you understand how uncomfortable you are i i did that as an experiment and i continue to do that um 
but it's it's i would say it's still worth it you would be called all sorts of names uh, the first thing which usually happens in indian scenario is they say that zyada padh likh gaye ho padh likh ke dimag kharab ho gaya hai bade log keh rahe chup rahe you know so, so these are very very standard stock response which may be thrown at you but but no seriously where else do you start you can't start in mars you know you, you need to start in your home it begins at home it begins with your family if if you are going out with your girlfriend i mean or you going out with your boyfriend go dutch you know for instance where do you begin and i'm just giving you where do you begin this is where you begin or or you know you you are you have an understanding that somebody has financial issue then you deal with it that way but uh, don't take these things for granted don't take take uh, these stereotypes for granted if very soon you'll be getting married or if you want to get married and it's it's not even like you know one doesn't one uh, end of life is not that you should get married by the way it's a choice obviously so if that were to happen uh, then there is whole question of dowry okay so uh, my first teaching job and i won't name the institute but it is one of the best institutes in india so i was teaching in that institute and uh, i asked my class and this was a point blank this was not an online survey or anything this was a show of hand and i said be honest because it's not going to go anywhere right so will you accept dowry okay and most of them said that they would and i said like how well like, you know how or why they said but ma'am it's not in our hands so some of them said you know played the victim saying that it's not in our hand our parents went so much for put us through this and this is at least something that we can do for them say lekar i deserve it because i worked so hard for this so so they were so wait and and i'm not making this up this is one of the best institutes that you can think of and i also know of people who clear um, is you know like upsc exams and uh, and and then there is this joke you know when you you belong to certain parts of india they say that the minute they know that your son clears the exam they come with a blank check so they they actually come they're so dramatic now sometimes i love the the dramatism in the story they come with a blank check and then they say bhari aapko jitna karna hai because you know basically beta hamare naam ke liye so that that pretty interesting that's where uh, that's that's normal for you that's normal for you so now when i say that okay so but you know what happens to women if they study aren't, aren't they studying but then uh, these these guys and i i really like that conversation because there was this authenticity right they were not hypocritical at least give that to them they said ha but who is going to make that change why should i suffer you know because things have changed i said no you will not suffer on the other hand your wife will also be an engineer or or whatever and she will also bring in the salary how huh, but uh, we are why should be the one to change you know because why should it start from us and i said uh, why not <laughs> so that's the point are you ready to give away your privilege you're aware of it but are you ready to give it away or are you ready to give away your entitlement privilege so chalo chodiye privilege hai are you ready to give away your entitlement and then perhaps it's 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 too personal then oh forget about dowry okay most of you say that are really we are not we are not hooligans we don't take dowry at all hum shaadi karenge theek hai very good aap shaadi karenge you will expect the girl's parents to pay for the whole party okay uh, if you actually do the math you realize the, the girl's father will blow away almost his entire lifetime saving on two three four day wedding i don't know how long these weddings are these days on on that fancy long party and uh, and the money is gone by the way your parents won't chip in boys parents won't chip in so talk about where you start you start with that uh, first of all you know what is this circus with great indian marriage i i'm sorry like you know i i absolutely rant in my family and everybody hates me for that i have my young cousins and i tell them 
क्यों करना है तुमको आई मीन शादी नहीं करो यू नो इट्स योर चॉइस बट व्हाई डू यू हैव टू ब्लो अप योर मनी डू दैट इट इज देयर चॉइस यू नो बिकॉज एनीवेज सो व्हाई डू यू वांट टू कॉल अ थाउजेंड पीपल एंड यू अंडरस्टैंड देयर इज इकोनॉमिकल कॉस्ट देयर इज इकोलॉजिकल कॉस्ट एसेट्रा बट बट इफ यू वांट टू गो दैट वे व्हाई डोंट यू गो डच बट दैट्स दैट्स टू रिवोल्ट थिंग्स इन इट फॉर अस so 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 when you make these changes then you say or at least start talking about it to the family do thing bad tumko you know dart padegi uh, then maybe they'll i don't know maybe maybe something will happen i don't know yes and then talk to your stu talk to your friends talk to when for instance when there are sexist jokes shared sexist jokes are shared every time you know like stand up say that it is rubbish stop doing that when they are when group of boys group of friends are assassinating character of a woman stand up against it or group of girls are making fun of a boy you know calling horrible names stand up against it you know when when certain languages are used stand up against it so as i said so you know, will you be that sore thumb will you or or will you just go with the flow that's that's your choice but if you want to make a difference that's how you begin absolutely ma'am i think and uh once you are the sore thumb i think people around you might perhaps realize that it is you know it's affecting them as well and they might want to be that as well and i think after a point you can't have to be sore thumb there's going to be a lot of people who believe in the same thing and perhaps we will i don't know have a more equitable society okay so the question says uh it does happen that when we get frank with our family the elderly remind us that we've been fed by our parents and so we don't have a right to choose what we really think or want and if we oppose that it's the responsibility of a parent to foster a child and then again it leads to several issues then won't one really give up living by one's principle is never an easy thing who said it's easy i mean i i just want to remind you that even for something as simple as casting vote women somewhere had to die they were remanded they were locked up they were incriminated there were criminal charges there were all kinds of charges against them just so that we could study just so that we could you know be literate we could be allowed in university just so that we can have bank accounts uh, there were people at some point of time who sacrificed their life and and, and you know died that if so i i'm not saying that living by what one's believe in is easy it, it doesn't have to be easy so then the question is that who you want to be when you look into the mirror whom you want to see you know who should look back to you as somebody who compromises in what you believe in or somebody who goes with the flow because it's very easy to go with the flow it's absolutely perfectly easy because you see the world around you and you see that everybody is going with the flow isn't it those who are asking questions are questioned those who are pointing mistakes are are taken into prisons right those who are crying foul are are those who are to be arrested so it's never easy but the question is uh would that stop you or not absolutely ma'am uh okay i have one other question uh someone asks recently in a google hiring spree all the girl candidates who scored 15 on 200 in a coding test were shortlisted whereas the male candidates who scored in full were not what is going on where is the equality here and how does it help in equity what is your point of view ma'am i'm terribly sorry take it up with google you know what i'm bothered about what i'm bothered about is a girl goes to ask a glass of water from his neighbor and he rapes her and he strangles her and he kills her and her body is found after 5 days i'm i'm worried about that 
how many percentage of women the population in this country gets the kind of lottery that you're talking about my friend how many people get to go to google how many girls come to this college how many people you know how many girls in your batch gets to clear that test and how many times in history has this happened and i'm sorry that this time that privilege or or that thing was taken away from you and given to somebody else i'm not even saying they were smarter than you are or you know more deserving or less deserving maybe take it up with google maybe google is making a statement maybe it's being equitable i do not know i cannot comment but i would say that every day you know if even now when i go out somewhere i am i will turn 40 very soon my husband and my father and my father in law are worried till i come back why should that be the case and myself i'm a mother of of uh, you know uh, an, an old child then but so at what what point of time will they stop worrying because you know as, as you read the news you see that an 85 year old is raped as well is as a 3 year old is so what i'm when when i look at the larger picture i would not burn my heart for 10 women who got into google and and got that fantastic lottery of life life is not fair friend and, and we know that most of us know that and i'm not belittling what you feel right now i can understand your anger but you realize every day and i'm not saying that google is trying to justify that you know it's 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 their corporate policy and and and, and i for once believe that most of the corporates are heartless but that's that's my problem and i'm i'm just a loony okay but but i'm saying that um, is is that making your everyday life unbearable because there are structural issues in this country which is making everyday life of women unbearable everyday life of women unbearable so if i were to go to the police you know what issues i will face and and trust me have you ever been to a police station no right because you're so privileged you never had to i had to because my my i mean this is a story where my my friend my roommate was harassed over a telephone it was just a telephone but she started getting these panic attacks and and we went and we remember how scared we were and we didn't even tell anybody because we knew that if we tell anybody people would say you're making a big deal out of it but at the same time we believed in our convictions that person who's doing that needs to be punished you understand so you can't even even to that but it didn't turn out to be a bad experience but i understand that whole rigmarole it could have been bad it, it could have been terribly bad also so uh, i'm saying that everyday life of women is 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 problematic and i would rather that you know if you're really angry please be angry on something which i don't know which which is worth your anger <laughs> or probably you know be angry on something that may may come to a point where you would need something of this sort to you know give i don't know equal equal equitable or no resources to women in us in the sense that you know they need representation to a point where because they did not have representation in such organizations i think we've always seen that you know as we move up the corporate ladder we're not going to have as much women women representation uh you know on the higher post and it will constantly reduces and i think that is the whole discourse that we had today i wonder what happens to those girls who are taken in to be pointed out again and again that you are tokens of of gender equity right so this is this is another thing right so we we are not talking we are talking about feminism to the f word but if you were to be brave enough to do a c word and which is the caste word that would be a different story you know so uh, and and this is something which happened to our instagram account few months ago so uh, we 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 got a caste slur on our instagram account because of you know on on a student's achievement so uh, how does it feel to be that person that's another story isn't it it is definitely i think it it uh, weighs down it, it like you said it discredits the person yeah. for who they are 
Right. Okay. Um, I think uh, this is it for uh, the question and answer. Um, oh. Yeah, okay. Okay. I think, so, yeah, I think that is it. Um, uh, okay, so uh, ma'am, uh, before uh, we wrap this up, I would like to take a moment and uh, wish you and uh, all of our female viewers a very happy International Women's Day. Uh, and uh, I hope that we continue conversing about uh, the F word of the 21st century as and when we get a chance to, or maybe we make that chance for ourselves and talk about it and converse about it. Um, Ma'am, do you have any uh, concluding remarks on the session? Uh, no, I mean, uh, I'm only like surprised. I'm, I'm only surprised that a radio DISCT would do a segment on the F word. <laughs> So yes, I was also <laughs> amused and surprised and thank you. Uh, thank you for having me here. By the way, uh, most of the discussion which we covered here, it's it's part of my upcoming book and you'll be surprised to know that the book was based on the play that we do, the, the play on gender sensitization. So the book will be out in June or July. And, uh, you know, so maybe maybe you all would like to read it or yeah. So all, all I think it's called the F word even there. I, I may have a chapter called the F word or maybe maybe a dialogue at least on that. <laughs> so I was doubly <laughs> amazed. So yeah, thank you so much for having me here and thank you for this. Thank you so much, very, Yeah, very enlightening discussion. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, ma'am. It, it has been a pleasure to host you today. Um, yeah. So that's it guys for today's show. This session covered almost everything that comes under the umbrella of feminism and even more. We really hope that you enjoyed it. We would also like to mention that this was the first ever episode of our new series Radio Unscripted. With that being said, Radio Club will keep bringing you more shows like this. Do check out some of our other shows on Spotify, Ghana, GeoSavan and YouTube as well. Until then, I hope you'll be safe at home. This is Riddhi Tanna with Radio DIICT, music that keeps you alive.